0: Welcome back, Red Spotters. I'm Alexis, and I'm here with Kyle, and we were supposed to have a different show today, more on that in a bit, but we're here with another one of these special, we're talking about whatever the hell comes to our mind editions. So this is Red Spotlight number 336. Stay tuned, if you dare. Kyle, how are you doing today?
1: Why do you always fucking like the like, especially with the last episode that we did? Right, you sounded like a fucking radio announcer and all that shit. You were like, like you went to like late night, freaking uh, radio host right there. You were like. And so today we have a symphony soda with some classic jazz. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, w- I, w- I am so totally not trying to do that. I just slip into it. Is that what? Okay. For those listening, and maybe this isn't, I don't, look, Kyle, and this is not anything to say against you. I know sometimes I throw shade. It's fine. We're all busy. You, I, I cannot expect you to listen to every single episode of our podcasts. I don't know when was the last time you listened to it. But I don't know if this has been going on for a while now. I've just slipped into, um, well, you and I are hosts of podcasts. Podcaster.
1: Well, oh, it's like okay, it, we it's, have our thing, you know. That that's kind of what we do. But as you hosts. just, but you're you're very casual about your intros. You're just like. Ugh. Hello, you know. Hello, welcome to uh, Red Spot Entertainment. Number something, 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 and all that stuff. And then here, like you, you came out really peppy. I've never seen you pepped before.
0: Well, you know, I you caught me in a good mood, man. It's a holiday weekend. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Did you get
1: laid? <laughs> Did you get laid, and I not know it?
0: No, um, unfortunately. Damn. No. But. Um, I am leaving the area, I am escaping the heat, and I am about to embark on a four-day excursion to the faraway land of, uh, I almost made it sound like far, far away from Shrek, although it might as well be that, <laughs> San Diego, <laughs> California, where I get to go and, um, visit some beaches that I haven't gone to in such a long time. And by the way, in, in case it was in kind of, kind of um, a misunderstanding, I meant beach as in a beach, like, not anything else, because some people may misconstrue it as me referring to anything else. I'm not gonna go visit some bitches. I'm I'm talking about beaches. So. Um,
1: unless that's what you're gonna do as well. <laughs> you well, know, you have who you have wouldn't? no way of knowing. You have really no way of knowing. Who wouldn't uh who I mean, who's the judge really? Right. I mean, this right. is twenty twenty one. We are very sex positive here on uh Red's oh, spotlight Christ. entertainment.
0: Let's let's not let's not get anywhere near that today, please. Um That's what she I, said. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh yeah. boy! That's also what she said. Uh, okay, we cannot turn this entire show into one damn innuendo or euphemism. We c- I mean, we can. I know. I we will not. Can. We will not. We will not. We will lose all of our viewers. Listen, um, I don't know. I, I guess. I guess I'm just in a bit of a of a good mood. Yesterday, I don't know what was. I was recording the Loki podcast, and I'm sure you mm-hmm. want to mention Loki in a bit. But yesterday with David, and I don't know what the fuck was going on. The first 40 minutes, I was like. Man, I'm in this, and then it must have been the day. Now it was a long day, and I had little sleep the night prior. But right. toward that that last hour, and this hardly happens to me. I suspect maybe it happens to you every now and then.
1: I felt myself just like just like <laughs> struggling oh, to stay yeah. awake. Okay, it okay to me. It's never. A struggle to stay awake when i'm recording or doing anything like that it's like oh i've lost interest in the conversation (laughs) entirely and i'm supposed to keep on you know conversation especially like when we do like once upon a retrospects where it's just one long continuous conversation on one you know particular topic i just lose interest and i'm like oh Okay. And then you, uh, whenever you hear like dead air, specifically from my end, that's where you could kind of tell where it dies off. But I know what you mean. But except for you, it's more of fatigue or anything like that. I mean, but yeah, I get, I get you. I get you. By the way, by the way, uh, while recording, I am going to be sipping on Chardonnay. So uh, it's the season for it. And
0: even if it wasn't, who gives a shit? That's how you should do a podcast anyway. You yep. got to do it in style. We got to, you know, live our best life and and do what we can. Well, you look. We have to. I'm sure our listeners know at this point, and I have to think it's the same for you with you and your schedule on Fantasy Fair. We, um, more like I think nine times out of ten, maybe even nine point nine times out of ten, if we're recording a podcast, it's going to be at nighttime. Yeah.
1: Deep in and the night time.
0: Li- sometimes deep in the night time. There are many occasions where um, we, we, we record
1: s- yeah. until like it's like three o'clock or two o'clock.
0: Well, not so much these days. Thankfully, we've not gotten to that point but it's not i think a normal schedule if there's like a good two hour podcast which that's like the usual average of all the shows that we do and if we start recording at 9 p.m there's a good chance we don't stop until eleven forty-five midnight. midnight yeah 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 that's usually how it goes and this is after um obviously a long day all of us work and so you can only imagine the kind of um
1: exhaustion we all have (laughs) it's so funny throughout the whole entire day it doesn't matter if like i'm into the subject or not i'm just like i have to do a podcast and then in the middle of podcasting i'm like oh i'm doing a podcast i'm doing yeah
0: no yeah i i feel exactly the same way last week i was caught um with a busy work week, I had to cover um, a city council for work and I had to write like three articles out of it. And that mm-hmm. happens. That's a lot of information, obviously. All the while, of course, I I think I recorded three podcasts last week and I'm like, and the idea of doing it, I'm like, do I really want to do that? And yet when I'm doing them, I'm like, and I'm actually sitting down and recording them. It's like a different story. Like, all the energy comes back into me, at yeah. least for the first part of
1: it, obviously, so a lot of things come back into me, you know
0: yeah,
1: great <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah um, um yeah i yeah, yeah, I no but
0: like let's listen i i uh-huh. I've been trying especially this last year or so, I've been trying to uh maybe be less informal and more like broadcast especially with the intros and the outros because um evidently and this is true i don't recall ever having a single conversation with you about this but you know the it may have been the first hundred or so episodes when you asked me to take over as host for the red spotlight podcast remember that a couple years ago a oh, in- horrible,
1: horrible mistake.
0: Oh sure, yeah, horrible mistake. I'm sure you're glad though that you don't have to deal with a lot of the Peter Martinez isms uh, anymore. So oh yeah, you
1: got- I, I basically like <laughs> shoved him to you and like here you you cut it out of your life. You got you got full custody over Peter Martinez. <laughs> have fun.
0: Yeah, literally. But I had no idea, and it wasn't until you kept mentioning it. And I didn't know what what it meant when the shows that you would be on here. When you said, stay under the spotlight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is he talking about, stay under the spotlight? And for a hundred episodes or so, I was like, closing out the shows, not knowing that we had an official tagline at the end of the show. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And so now, I think since uh, the latter part of um, 2020... I have been closing out every single show. The last thing I say is, stand in the spotlight. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. So now I'm finally doing it the correct way. But it's like, I never remember you and I having. I know, but you and I, I don't remember ever having a single sit-down conversation. Like, Alexis, by the way, this is the end of the show. You have to say this.
1: I thought it was an Obvious. unspoken rule <laughs> I thought everybody knew it it's like how I close off the fantasy fair with stay magical everyone I mean that's the that's the closing of the show and that's the fucking like if you look at the YouTube banner if you look underneath that says stay under the spotlight yeah. what the fuck did you think I meant
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's just like I, I, you and I necessarily don't have the same hosting style. So I, it may just uh-huh. be um, – well, the first couple of hundred episodes or so, maybe even 200, um, since um, you asked me to host the Red Spotlight podcast on a, on a permanent basis, um, it was v- – I have a very casual way of just talking obviously. So um, there wasn't much preparation. In all honesty – for most of the shows um that I've ever been a part of, whether it be as host or as a panelist in the days that you were hosting on a on main time uh, on a main time frame, mm-hmm. there wasn't much preparation unless we were gathering some sort of list show. Maybe then, but like most of the shows, I, I would wager that most of our podcasts are having to do with a conversation around something we just watched and us talking about what we liked, what we didn't like. And all the preparation you need for that is to just watch it.
1: Yeah. And which like, that's, that's the way I like to roll with things. I don't like putting like asterisks on different things. I just write the initial outline of the whole entire thing. Like for example, if we're doing a new show, I just put in the outlines more. So nowadays I'm Mm -hmm. more, um, like, say, like recently, I sent you guys like the Google Doc and all that stuff that we're gonna be talking about, and all the and all the information. But other than that, I just there was just no nothing because I like to incorporate the human element in right. in the conversation, and I think it makes it more fun for both of us, yeah. me and the person that I'm talking to. So I like I I find it more more fun and enjoyable versus like having to go by a freaking rubric and i think that takes out the fun out of a conversation you know i
0: think if memory serves correct in the early days of the show you did have more or less an outline of sorts when you mm-hmm. were getting through the news topics and um, yeah i don't necessarily remember you being fond of that um, only because it kept getting in the way or we had to stop a particular we had to push push pause on like whatever we we're talking about for you to get through a script or something so it can be something in the way i know that when you asked me i think it was the summer of 2018 to start hosting the show on a permanent basis at the time i was at american university which if you're not aware of my history here on the show i went to a broadcast journalism school and that entire year Um, part of my educational experience was to act, think, talk, and write more like a broadcaster. And so, it definitely influenced the show in that regard, um, especially in the news heavy, uh, episodes Mm -hmm. where I would, uh, write out a script of sorts of, of the main stories, um, in broadcast writing. Broadcast writing is a specialty kind of writing, um. It's it's not, it's not like you're writing an article. You're writing a sentence or an essay. It, it, you have to really like break it down and make it easy for people to hear. Since of course it is an
1: audio format. And that's right? the difference between you and I. You you're more of the, I would say the Billy Joel or Elton John esque um, way of performing things because mm. like both were classically trained. Ah, um, both both were classically trained. You could tell with the way that they compose music and all that stuff. Um, I'm more of the Nirvana, Exodus, Metallica kind of way of like, hey, I just picked up an instrument or microphone and just yeah. went at it, you know. Um, so but I, but of I course, guess that's a different. You know, yeah, we, we yeah
0: we have different methods. I do want to also clarify, like where I don't want to make it seem as if like all the shows I script out, like every and most of the heart of the shows that we do are based around a fluid conversation. Mm. Oftentimes, if you couldn't tell, if we're sitting down for a review, that's the first time we're talking about it. Usually, especially since After Dark hasn't been a thing this last year because of COVID, Mm -hmm. most of our first conversations with each other after having watched a show or a movie are the first that you're seeing. And so it's not as if like a lot of shows, I'm sure, in this space, before the fact, they discuss with each other, like all the ins and outs of what they thought about something. Here, you're getting the raw, like first couple of like shared feelings coming across. And for me personally... Part why I like writing down some stuff when I do the shows, especially if it involves—well, actually, if it involves anything—if I see something, especially on why do we events, always
1: wind up doing BTS talk?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We again, that's a tendency of ours. We just kind of slip into it. It's kind of where we are here. But it, I don't know. Maybe some person out there is interested in how we think. What what the thinking is behind the show. What I was going to say is if there are things that I see like certain like um, think pieces or talking points, mm-hmm. whether it be both positive or negative, I like to have it written down somewhere where I can see rather than me forgetting about it. And like, damn, I wished I would have mentioned this on the show. Um. So, yeah, like it's like every now and then, like, for example, when we talked about another round a few weeks ago. um. We, with Thomas Vinterberg and Mads Mikkelsen, uh, I had a great article that I think was, I don't, remember, I don't even remember the damn outlet, but they had some, had a great interview with Vinterberg about his inspiration and thought process behind the movie that I really wanted to interject. When we did the Guillermo del Toro series, we had a lot of, uh, Peter and I were like swapping quotes from interviews of him, um, Because that guy was, he's one of those guys that you just love to sit down and listen talk about movies. And so Mm -hmm. in that, in that sense, I feel like that's helped conversations, especially since like, um, invariably there are, there are spaces in shows where you may run out of things to say. And so that can help certain things, but, um, yeah, yeah, all of which is to say is I have now officially um, uh, close out every show with the end of the spotlight. And I always mention when our podcasts drop and every place we can, you can hear it. I say anywhere, you listen to podcasts and you remind me if I miss one, there is Apple, Spotify, CastBox, mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and YouTube. Is there one missing there? Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm.
1: I, basically, because this is what I found out when I was looking at, like, I was trying to see like what major outlets to put the podcasts on. You know, all the all the ones on Red Spot Entertainment Network. <laughs> it turns out there are some sites that automatically pluck your um, your RSS feed and put it on their website just for archival purposes, I guess. And so, like, there are websites that I don't even know of that we are we're on. So like like Podchaser I had no idea that you know we were on there you know Huh like really Some other places yeah but don't like s- include Podchaser so I would just say check us out everywhere you listen to podcasts
0: Yeah uh, the the big ones I would say Apple Spotify and Google Uh-huh are the big outlets Yeah Um I I tend to have an iPhone so Apple Podcasts
1: are my go-to yeah, so either you have you know a laptop, uh, Android or an Apple product, you could you're more than able to find all of our work on there. So, yeah, and believe us, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, a lot of conversations and all that shit. So, and uh, well, thank
0: you for doing it. Thank you for putting the podcast out there, and thank you for making it available to all of us. Oh, all of the yeah. podcasts that we do.
1: Yeah, it's just accessibility, because I find that really, um, really important, you know? Because, like, accessibility, when people say, where do I find it? And I'm like, just, I don't know, just fucking Google it. <laughs>
0: yeah, although, be warned, there are some... There are still some pages that have the old feeds when we were uh-huh. on different platforms.
1: Yeah, like listen notes <laughs> and all that stuff. They they still the last episode, according to that website, that we've ever done was That's America's Ass part two. <laughs> is that was that our previous platform? That was on podcasts.com when we were on that.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: It that was I the last that. one we did on that.
0: Uh-huh. It wasn't Wooshka?
1: No. It was on Podcast.com, huh. so.
0: That's America's Ass Part 2? Yeah. That was Avengers Endgame, yeah, which was- Yeah, the second
1: discussion on that.
0: That was over two years
1: ago. Yeah, so. Jeez, man. So it's behind. Over two years ago? Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness.
0: How quickly the Hello, time Margaret. <laughs> Where's
1: my prune juice?
0: Like, think about this. The podcast Have you seen
1: my teeth.
0: This Anyone? is the seventh year. This is the seventh year of the Red Spotlight Podcast.
1: Seven years. Jesus. Time <laughs> not well spent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Now, we were talking about, uh, before we pressed record here beforehand, I had hoped to be doing a different show today. I had teased in the Loki recap episode, which was the previous episode, that we were going to be doing, finally, our top 10 show of 2020. And in
1: typical Red (laughs) Spotlight Entertainment fashion, it went kablooey um things got blown out of proportion and um I, again we alexis you of all people should know not to manifest things before I it know. happens
0: i know man. lo and
1: behold here we are you know it was you, it
0: was bad luck to say yeah to officially say a show was happening it's, before we actually recorded it. It.
1: it's like okay i remember okay let's a typical Kyle me. Let's wind the clocks back last January where we were like okay. We have a hotel down that we're going to stay at. We have a <laughs> Disneyland um dates booked. We're going to do it in April. Let's do it. I made the foolish mistake of like uh Moreno do you want to announce it on the podcast and she was like okay, let's announce it on the podcast. Oh my we God. have officially planned a Disney date and we're going to do it. Um and lo and behold, a little thing, just a little thing. I, I don't know if you know, heard about this. It's called the coronavirus and the pandemic. I don't know if you heard about those two things, those two entities. Um, It came clashing upon the plans and here we are. And and I was just like, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I feel, I, you know, honestly, I'm sorry, world, for doing this. Um, because i um bestowed the pandemic upon us because i dared i dared to make plans ahead of time and announce it to the world and it in true fashion it never happened because i manifested something opposite of that like oh you're planning a disney trip well, fuck you. Let me put on something else. Let me let me uh let me conjure something different for you guys and it's going to be the complete opposite. How about no plans at all for the next year? <laughs> so, there we are. It's it's now 2021. Um fingers crossed hoping things shift don't want to say change because if i say change i might manifest something so i'm i'm being very cautious upon my words yeah
0: you don't want to manifest anything anymore considering what happened last no year.
1: yeah so if if there's anybody to blame about the about the coronavirus the the 2020 pandemic um we're still in a pandemic but um other places are way worse than we are unfortunately um but if anybody's to blame it's probably the red spot entertainment network um you're welcome moral of the story is maybe
0: don't announce um yeah on the podcast anymore yeah considering the track record of them completely being torpedoed and it was all well and good and then
1: then somebody had to have a family reunion i'm not naming any names peter martinez yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, no secret. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, of all the people who did their homework last year of watching movies and all that stuff, he probably did the most. Um, so he said he watched he, 70 films. He, 70, so for some mundane reason. I wasn't aware that they released 70 films last year. <laughs> Me neither.
0: Year. <laughs> Me neither.
1: So I was like, okay, I guess. Um, I don't know
0: what, I don't know where you pulled these movies out of, but. No, look. It should be no secret of course. Some (laughs) cave. Yeah, yeah. All of us here, um, we're in our mid twenties, and we still live with our families. Hey, that's that's the millennial lifestyle in the twenty first century. So, but because in this economy, in this economy, right in America, because of such realities, there have been. One of the most reoccurring, I would say, um, obstacles. Let's, let's call them obstacles to, uh, us being able to record have been family related issues. Yeah.
1: Um, I think all of us can attest to not being able so to, what you're uh, saying is that we so what you're saying is that we should all r- buy a tick tock um influencer house live together and make all the content that we want
0: i would never say that only because i don't know how we would be able to do that without killing each other maybe finding a place of work maybe renting a place would be nice Living together, that is a very different situation. I have to get dressed, though. (laughs) I have to get dressed to go to this place. Are you saying that you never dress to a
1: podcast? No, I'm wearing fucking Captain America PJ pants.
0: Well, I mean, because you're in your room. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you have to say that that is an added piece of comfort having to be able to do our shows all remotely
1: yeah it's like okay one of the blessings of the pandemic was like i was I uh, really um focusing on taking care of my mental health during this pandemic thing and telepsych oh my god has changed everything for me and i prefer i wish and i hope that we never go back To tell to um going to in person thing. Um because it's been keeping me more on track with my appointments and everything like that, because I don't have to leave my fucking room. I just just do it in my fucking room, in my PJs if I want to, and I could just call it a good, you know, call call it a good. What (laughs) call it the good. Call it a day. (laughs) Yeah, call it a day and all that stuff. Because it just lasts for like I don't know, ten minutes. But if I'm in a therapy session, an hour maybe um but uh it's just i I don't know i i like that part of the pandemic just everything and it just comes to show that a lot of things could be just done by email
0: (laughs) yeah the pandemic did have um did i think expose a lot of um ultimately it exposed a fragile society in my point of view but it also showed a lot of things that we do that are quite pointless
1: unnecessary yeah and and, as
0: in places when they're opening up again they just ignore what can be done we go back to normal because we refuse to learn obviously but there are stories of people who um have had an unforeseen advantage in the pandemic you and i Uh, our good friend Nettie Valdez, who has appeared on the show in the past and has been a longtime friend of ours and associate going back since the days of the Barely News crew. That's a flashback. She has, by the way, uh, I believe I've mentioned this in the the past, that she is currently attending Northridge, uh, which is the school that she's always wanted to go, you know, majoring in film. And what's really helped her, she lives in San Diego. Obviously, Northridge is closer <laughs> to Los Angeles. Yeah. And one of the obstacles that really kind of got eliminated this past year for her was having to go to in-person classes. And a lot of the stuff that she had to do, she was able to basically just attend school from home. And it really has helped her – um, Mental health, her anxiety. Of course, she suffers from it. I think everybody at some point suffers from it, some more than others, unfortunately. But I can also not stress enough uh, what you said. Keep an eye out for your mental health. Take care of mm-hmm. your mental health. We all need to do that. If we all take care of each other, the world will be a better place. So to keep that in mind. But that is true. Yeah. Um, but going back to the family issue. How many times do you think, in particular, Peter's family have gotten in the way of him being able to record?
1: Mm. Okay, so there's that one time. That one. No, it time, wasn't. It
0: wasn't just that one
1: time. That, that one, one. That other time. This time. <laughs> Oh, that one, that other time. Yeah, definitely. That one. Yeah.
0: I, I would he, say a lot. <laughs> he was and, gone the entire month of November.
1: Yeah, that's funny.
0: And December because he Happy got COVID. Thanksgiving to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it happens, man. It happens. Uh, intrusions occur and there's nothing we can do much about oh it. God. I think at
1: that point, his family, what? That reminds me. Remember that scene in Forrest... Sorry to be tangent, but this is me. This is me we're talking about. Okay, so, remember that scene in Forrest Gump where he just kept running? Um. Yeah. And the um, person said, oh man, you got shit on your shoe. And he's like, it happens. And then the guy's like, what? Shit? And he's like, yeah. And he kept on running. And then he... <laughs> Shit happens. Oh my
0: god! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I mean that—that's very true. But I remember, like, no, his family was. It's hilarious. Uh his family basically redid the entire house in stages, both of which really incapacitated Peter's ability to be on the show. The first month, obviously, which was back in November, he really couldn't be on it. And then December, because he was bedridden because of COVID nineteen. Well, maybe not bedridden, but he just couldn't be on the show because obvious reasons. And then uh, this Customer, last show uh, This last
1: car- Karma's a bitch.
0: Oh god. <laughs> this last show. This last show that I did with him, I believe it was Thursday, last Thursday. Wow, it was last week already. Damn. When we talked about In the Heights and Luca, um, that was the first time I had seen him record from his actual bedroom in probably two months Mm -hmm. because his bedroom was basically used as a storage closet because the bathroom, which is right across the hallway from his room, was being redone. So,
1: yeah. Again, karma's a bitch. And, um, yeah, serves you right, Peter.
0: Serves him right for
1: what? Everything. He knows what oh, he did. Oh,
0: okay.
1: He knows All what right. he did.
0: <laughs> How many times, Kyle? Can you, can you count the number of times where your family has just barged in a podcast
1: uh, it's not necessarily my family because i um, like twice my brothers would pop in my room right. and all that shit but twice uh, twice but come on the, the the ones that do the heavy lifting of barging into my room are my fucking dogs particularly well, okay. dixie <laughs> no they bust in <laughs> yeah because she knows how to open doors
0: that is terrifying i'm sorry that is terrifying that's I'm, like the fucking jurassic park velociraptors opening I'm the fully, doors
1: i'm fully convinced that my dog dixie she's three iq points from speaking proper english
0: that is scary
1: <laughs> that's, that your is dog a can skin. open doors <laughs> yeah she can open doors it is fuck it how do you think i feel like in the middle of the okay so last night uh, two nights ago all right i was soundly asleep you know i finally got to sleep you know because you know anxiety it takes a while for your body to calm down and all this stuff so it was one o'clock in the morning where i finally you know my mind finally <laughs> shut down and everything like that i hear the alarm go off and i'm like what the like it it's about to like you know to quote you know, some cultist church something is about to bust. Um, oh shit! There was a there. The alarm was like alarm. Garage door. And I'm like, who the fuck is coming in through the garage? <laughs> and you know. by the way, for those not aware,
0: your room is right
1: next to the, to garage. the garage. Yeah, you're the you're the first. Line I'm of the first one to go. Yeah. So <laughs> if anything happens. So, I was, like, prepared, you know, I was already, like, thinking of scenario A, B, C, all the way through, you know, Z. I opened the door, and I was just, like, I was just trying to hear footsteps to see if there was anything going on. I turn on the light, hide myself behind the back fridge, because we have a back fridge. It's one, by the way, I recommend having a back fridge, it's amazing during holidays.
0: Oh um, yes, yes, Everybody you could should
1: store, have. Store store all your fucking leftovers in the back fridge. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I hide behind the fridge. I looked turn around the corner. It's my fucking dog Dixie. She opened <laughs> the back door in the garage. Why? I don't know. I just saw her. And then with the big eyes, because her eyes get wide when she's in trouble, you know, like, oh shit. Like that kind of thing. I was just like what the fuck, Dixie? What are you doing? And then she was just like, oh, shit. And darted all the way upstairs. I closed the door. I set off, you know, I turned off the alarm, reset it, locked the back door, and did this whole kind of thing. So, it was a a fucking nightmare. (laughs) That's my dog. And and it took me two more hours to fall asleep after all that. Oh
0: my god. Oh, Jesus, man. That...
1: Yeah, that must have given you a heart attack. It didn't <laughs> give me a heart attack. Um, but it was Well, it just- got your nerves going, didn't it? But I was definitely prepared for the worst. Um, so, yeah. And also, like, I was half asleep. My mortality was the last thing on my mind. The first... The thing that was on my mind was, who the fuck woke me up? <laughs> <laughs> was Dixie, like... Was she, was she trapped back there? She
0: couldn't get out of the garage? No, she the, door the door was fucking wide open. Oh. Damn. So at this moment, if Dixie
1: wanted to. She could barge she into could- my room, yeah. Easily. <laughs> no problem. Is she just like, with the, like, because the thing is, is that my door, like, I don't have a traditional doorknob where you, you know, put your whole hand on it and then twist it. I got, like, one of those, like, you know, it it looks like fucking you're flushing a fucking toilet kind of thing. Like, you know, one of those. A handle, maybe? A handle, maybe, yeah. And so, like, she has learned how to, like, if her paw goes down on that, she could enter the room no problem. So it's one of those, it's a, it's a fucking nightmare. She's barged in, like when I'm home alone and all that stuff and I leave the dogs cause they're sound asleep in the middle, you know, in, you know, in the middle of the day and I decide to take a bath or a shower or anything like that. I hear D-d-d. and then fucking the dog parches. <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but that's my dog. I know your dogs. Your dogs probably couldn't reach your door handle. Well, it's
0: my my dogs are small. Your dogs are large. Yeah, you're hunting dogs. Um, minor, um, small dogs. Well, not the smallest of dogs, but like they're they're too short to reach it. And even if yeah. they could, my the the handles that I have are actual doorknobs. They're not the ones that you have. So yeah, even then, it would be much more difficult to actually. Um, break into it. Oh boy, but yeah, yeah that 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 has happened sometimes.
1: If you had a theater room, mm. if you owned a theater room, what would you have in your theater room? Like, what, what would, I would it have? What, okay, what would the aesthetic be like in your theater room? What would the what would your memorabilia be? Um. Also, would you do projector or would you do um? Or would you do just a flat screen in the front?
0: I probably would lean towards a screen.
1: A screen
0: yeah I'm sorry yeah a screen like a, like a like a TV you mean yeah right? yeah I think I would lean toward that only because I I do prefer the look that comes off of television, then I would do, then I guess a projector. Because mm-hmm. a projector, it may or may not, you know, capture all of the colors or the picture as best as possible. Um, it
1: depends on the projector.
0: It does very much so. And in the, if that were the case, I don't know, that's a very good question. I think I would just go off with screen that way I'd have, I'd have access to like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not just I guess whatever um movies I've downloaded on the i guess projector or whatever um memorabilia, I don't know um it is hard, yeah, because like it's hard and easy because first of all like i I mean I don't own my own home, obviously, I have my own room, mm-hmm. and I would say that all of us, literally all of us have. Decorated our rooms with a pretty singular theme, and that is movies, yeah and I'm talking about all I mean myself I mean I know the running gag is that I'm the one that overly does it, but all of us have the same theme, yeah myself, you Alexis, David, and uh, Peter we all have basically walls full of movie posters or what have you um to the things that we actually love and so uh we of all. Have had years of, um, like it's been a while rooms, since I've
1: seen your actual walls. Has it been a while? Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, I guess, hmm, the last time you were here, I guess, we spent most of our time looking at a TV screen. Maybe that's watching what it was. watching
1: the atrocity that was
0: uh, <laughs> the Oscars, the most boring thing in the world. I could never, ugh don't even mention it that's why i didn't want to say what we were doing because it was so painful
1: i can't um, physically throw up in my mouth
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you said it man
1: i want a tardis
0: well it's like what i want that sure uh with that I, I mean as a theme for a projection room
1: no, but, like, in terms of memorabilia, that's one of the things that I would love to have. Oh, in you mean an actual room. TARDIS, TARDIS. Yeah, TARDIS, TARDIS.
0: H- okay.
1: That's a different situation altogether. You mean, like, a life-size? A life-size Tard- TARDIS. A walk-in TARDIS, and all of my movies and all that shit, I want in there. I can use it as a closet. I don't know. I
0: mean, this is like, this is like a, I don't know, a pipe dream of sorts, but like, um, I would love a room entirely that, de- entirely de- dedicated to me, where if we could make, I don't know, some kind of effect, a 3D effect of sorts, where the doors, instead of just like regular doors, are like, you know, themed of the TARDIS, but, and I was actually – I shared with you a poll a few weeks ago that I think Bad Wolf ran, the Bad Wolf Twitter handle mm-hmm. of like what were people's favorite uh, Doctor Who consoles uh, or their desktops if you rather of uh, the TARDIS and Capaldi's one, one out over the other ones. And, as it should. Uh, as it should. And I'm such a big fan of his version of the TARDIS that that console, that would be like a, like a room if I'd ever had the money to do that I'd build and that'd be like a personal space for me. Like that's a
1: beautiful study, honestly to have. Yeah. it Like, you know, would you have the center console with all the buttons and necks and all this stuff? Um, or would you just well, want, does you, you just want the octagon with the library up on, you know, the, on the top, you know, thing. And
0: it would be weird. It would be weird how it would all come together. I think I would have to find some functional purpose for having to construct um, the actual console itself in the center of it all. Mm-hmm. But I think it is important though, because it is kind of a centerpiece, especially the. Um, I love this effect in that uh, TARDIS as well when they, you know, turn the TARDIS to go back in time um, in the high. How do I describe it? Basically, the the upper le- or not the upper level, but the ceiling of it. The rotors, a- the rotors yes. on top
1: of the um on top of the what's it the thingy the the um the 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 cent- what you call it the the wibbly wobbly thingy, um <laughs> uh, the rotors on top with the with the and etchings. Yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about.
0: That's what I mean, and it makes the noise and everything. So be that. Maybe that. Yeah. But like,
1: for sure a theater room will happen at some point whenever I own my own I've, space or whatever. I've fallen asleep to, um, back when I was like deeply, deeply obsessed with Doctor Who. Um, and I've fallen asleep before. There's an ASMR, um, <laughs> ambient noise of the TARDIS. Just the TARDIS. Just like the like you know, the background noise and like the the like the beeps of the the mm-hmm. center console and just all that stuff, just ambient noise of the TARDIS. Yeah, you know, and just like the the emptiness of space and all that stuff. I don't know. It felt good, and the dreams, might add when I fell asleep to it, were vivid. Like they, they were, <laughs> there were some good stuff. So. Um, but yeah, like the TARDIS, like, that's a fucking dream right there, you know, especially with the round things. You gotta have the round things. Um, and then you open up one of the round thing panels, and there's a, there's fucking liquor in there. Like what River, um, unveils in the Husbands of River Song. Yeah. I love that. Um, and then he's like, (laughs) I like when he's like, I didn't know that we have that. Shh, don't tell Dad. (laughs) uh i miss river don't you i i hope i hope somewhere down the line in 13's um tenure i hope that she meets river some at some point yeah but i feel like that's a pipe dream i don't know what do you think what's the over under of uh of um jody leaving after season 13
0: Well, first, I want to say um, I apologize for the background noise. I have to once again uh, mention my family Mm -hmm. on this show. uh, My father is, at the very last minute, packing up his things, and wouldn't you know it, he is using some sort of um, inflating device to pump something up. What it is, I don't know. Can you hear it? Maybe a little bit. I'll do my best to eliminate the noise. But to your question about Jodie Whittaker... I would think probably it's going to happen that she's leaving if only because all the doctors left after the 3rd season. Mm-hmm. You know, they do 3 and then they're over with. So it's like it really wouldn't surprise me in the least that she came back or that this was her last one. I think what would surprise me uh is that she came back. And I'm not really opposed to her coming back at all or or I mean her staying. What I really want more than anything, is Chris Chibnall to say peace out? I I now I haven't talked with Doctor Hugh and Doctor Hugh,
1: Doctor Hugh, Doctor Hugh. That's, another, Dr. that's, Hugh. It. I haven't that's a different Dr. universe Hugh in a while
0: <laughs> with you. Um, but I I would be more than happy to have Jodie Whittaker come back for a, a fourth season if it meant that Chibnall left. Unfortunately, she said repeatedly that she would not do the show. With Chibnall there. And I think what is a shitty situation... I mean without made, Chibnall there. Yeah. What is a, a shitty situation maybe made worse is... There could be a scenario in which she does leave the show... But yet we still have Chibnall. And if that's the case... Yeah. Um, his presence has honestly kind of been deflating overall. I There are a lot of um, real... like. He's made some creative choices that I personally don't think have, um, helped the series. I know you, you yourself were pissed off with, uh, the post. Then there goes the dog. There's the dog barking now. Great. Now that's happening. We have all the bells and whistles out today on Red Spotlight. All of the sounds coming. Great. My family is about to enter to the garage and now that noise is going to happen. So that's great. Um, you yourself were upset with, uh, the possibility of maybe having a whole season with Yaz and the doctor, but then it being announced at the literal 11th hour that we're going to have a new companion joining in
1: the team. Yeah. Then, like, no, that's what Jen... I was pissed about. I was yeah. pissed that there was a new companion. Cause I'm like, finally just two entities to figure out, because I have a feeling that this was, um, uh, to harken back to classic who's problem, too many companions in the TARDIS um especially with uh especially with davison so like it was it'll be finally nice to have the doctor finally have a companion that they have one-on-one chemistry with you know you could do more with it you know first first uh um i don't know if you want to do this route first same-sex relationship between the doctor and the um and the companion, you could easily do that because, like, there are a lot of hints at it and throughout so the thing. I'm so
0: glad to hear that the shipper and you never
1: died, Kyle. No, it doesn't. You know, 13 Yaz is, like, freaking on board. But I wish that like, they did something with it instead of just teasing, you know? Because that was the center crux between Clara, especially when Jenna Coleman confirmed it. Um, that, uh, that 12 and... Clara definitely had feelings for each other, but it was just reciprocated into... um, Can you speak more on that? What
0: do you mean Jenna Coleman confirmed it? Where did she confirm
1: this? Okay, she confirmed this at one of the cons. Um, Okay. She confirmed it at a con. I'm like, when Clara told Danny Pink, I love you, she looked specifically at 12. Was that done on purpose? And she said, yes, she's very much in love with 12.
0: Yeah, obviously. Although I've always subscribed to that. A lot of people have a different take on it um that's always a different thing right um the shipping community and such like you yeah. have you kept track of all the
1: ships you had the, here's the thing i've not shipped any except for except for recently except for this week um <laughs> except for this time except for this time which i'm like what is, is should i should i not should, what, what is this um I haven't shipped in a while because my ships never sail. <laughs> um, so I've I mostly like said okay if it winds up this way. I, you know, so I'm more accepting of characters' fates now nowadays. Um, right. So I haven't shipped in a while, but like on the top of my head, um, I shipped. Um, uh, what's it called? It's a it's a cross between Hadley and House, with thirteen in House.
0: Thirteen. Oh yes, yes. Olivia yes. Got Olivia okay. Wilde. Took character. me a while to get back to it. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. I shipped that. I shipped Hook Queen. From Once Upon a oh, Time. Oh yeah,
0: Hooked Queen. That's right.
1: <laughs> I shipped. What's the What's it called?
0: Well, Clara and the
1: Doctor. Hufaldi. Twelve. Hufaldi was a big thing. That's the name of the ship. That's the ship name. Who fa- okay. Hufaldi. Hufaldi. Because it was Hufle before between, um, between uh, Doctor Who, which was uh, Matt Smith at the time, and Souffle Girl. Um, oh,
0: my God. Really? That's a... An- oh, God.
1: Yeah. So that was the name, running name for a while for 11 and Clara, but now it's 12 and Clara and it's Hufaldi. Um, interesting how people come up with these names, by the way. I know,
0: I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, look, there are some communities out there, or some fandoms, some ship fandoms, that are way too intense. Like, if the ship doesn't, like, come together...
1: We riot on the streets.
0: well, Well, yeah, but it gets to the point where, like, they... They're such fans of the show until they're not, and then they can't be satisfied with tearing down the thing that they've spent so much time with. You, you I don't think I, I know you've been upset <laughs> at ships never happening, but
1: it never really impacted um, my en- my enjoyment of the show. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! Like or- the Stucky stands, they are out of this fucking world enough to cancel Anthony Mackie. Oh yes. Is that what they're called? Stucky? I think so. That might be Steven Bucky. But anyway, that, yeah. the Sam the Sam and Bucky thing was a was definitely a thing for Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah, you know, and now we have I haven't... now we have Libby. Libby. Do you remember um Creddy and Seti? Okay, what's that? Okay. You watched iCarly, didn't you? Yes. Do you remember uh there were two like ship communities? It was Sam Sam and Freddie or Freddie and Carly. Yeah. So Fre- uh Creddy was the name for Carly and Freddie, and Seti was the name for Sam and Freddie.
1: Oh, I wish Seti was a was still a thing. That's like, I was I know, was I know, me too. Ken. I was just like <laughs> You know, SETI doesn't exist, so why even bother? Well, like, from what
0: I... I understand Jeanette McCurdy no longer... Um, acts. Is, She's retired. Yeah, is in the business. So, like, at that point, what do you do when you have your reboot, right? Um, but I did hear a rumor that she may be coming back for season two um, when they inevitably renew it. Or season eight or nine? I don't know. Like, some... I, it's season it, it,
1: two. This is a different branch.
0: But, but, but it's the same show, though. It's still called. It's called the same thing. It's still called. It's not called like it's not like Full House and Fuller House. It's the same show. It's the same name. It's iCarly. So it's like, Fuller is it really House? a new show? If it's the More same like cast full of
1: themselves.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not the original run, but it's like it's a revival but it's a continuation of what came before and it's called the same thing. So like what do you anyway? Um so it came back. I haven't seen it yet. But actually people have enjoyed it. And like it's hilarious how I carly they cuss did... now. It's what? They cuss now. They cuss now, apparently. But uh it's hilarious how like they were able to just like seamlessly snatch Hillary Duff's wig. Um, poor Hillary Duff, though, because she really gave it a valiant effort to like she was in negotiations with Disney and she tried to get something off the ground with a Lizzie McGuire, uh, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Yeah, a Lizzie McGuire sequel series that would deal with adult themes and stories and they could not relent. They would not whatsoever. And so the project died. You know, good on Hillary Duff for not like capitulating and not compromising on what her wants. She wanted you know why? the show
1: to be. They did this to her before, of course, because we okay. know the story. Okay, as soon as as soon as she joined the actors' union, which she wasn't before when she first signed on for. Um, uh, this is all in Disney War, by the way. Um, so what happened was is that she wasn't. This is in Disney War, the Michael Eisner book. Yeah, this is uh, the Hillary Duff thing is in there. Just like does she have does she have her own chapter? (laughs) Her own chapter, but a few pages are dedicated to this. Um. Wow. Okay. So what happened was is that Hillary Duff, right? She wasn't union when she first joined on to uh, Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire turning this to this big old gigantic pop culture phenomenon where everybody was like oh Lizzie McGuire Lizzie McGuire Lizzie McGuire it's pretty much Hannah Montana before Hannah Montana was well, Hannah Montana well wasn't Lizzie
0: McGuire like the the very first big like um, Disney Channel show
1: teen, teen sitcom like yeah it series. was that and even Stevens that you know pretty much right you know changed um, Disney Channel from being the animated um, uh, forefront to hey these live action sitcoms teen sitcoms are actually, you know, going off the ground. So she was like her agent was like, okay, it's taking off big. Get yourself a union girl. Let's put you on, you know, union sale, you know, scale. Let's, you know, give you um sag wages and all that stuff. And um due to her contract of her being um under contract without the sag wages, Michael Eisner and the head of the television division at the time wouldn't budge on, um, upping her price. So she quit. And that's why Lizzie McGuire only lasted for, I think three seasons. And she joined the union right before she filmed the movie. So the only time she was really like paid, paid for SAG was when she did the Lizzie McGuire movie.
0: There is a side tangent there about how this country really, um, Likes to frown and crap on labor unions. I'm not gonna go there. We all know what it is. Yeah. Um. That's a pretty fucked up story. It um, is. Well, you know what? Like, I don't know. It, Liz, uh, Hitler, Hillary Duff, Hitler. Like, <laughs> I was said- gonna say Lizzie McGuire. I was gonna say Lizzie. I did, I never said Hitler. You said Stop Hitler. It. I didn't. I didn't. You say were gonna Hitler. say
1: Hillary, but you said Hitler. Oh come on. <laughs> we um, have the tapes. <laughs>
0: Hillary Duff seemed to have been one of the few Disney stars to walk away unscathed from a mental health perspective Mm -hmm. or a personal um, run in with the law. It's crazy these last couple of years. I just heard Drake Bell was found guilty of something. He's going to prison. But that's Nickelodeon, Uh, though. Well, I mean, in general, these teen sitcoms, and and that's true. Nickelodeon, that is rarer than it is with, with Disney. Now with Disney and Kyle Massey was just found guilty of something. Child
1: pornography. Oh, what? Child pornography.
0: What?
1: Yeah. Oh my
0: god. That is. Oh wow. Oh, oh wow. Okay. No, that, that didn't mean it that way. Um, <laughs> that's bad. Um, that's real bad. Anyway, back to the thing with iCarly. Uh, I'm curious to check it out um, and see how it is. People have said some really good things about it um, and how it's aged and everything. There is this great video essay I want to recommend to people out there, although it is long. Um, but that is his main profession. He is a YouTube video essayist, uh, uh-huh. Quentin Reviews. Um, and he just uploaded uh, – he, he watched all the episodes of iCarly in preparation for this video. And part one is four hours long. Part one's four hours long. Covers seasons
1: one through three. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long-ass fucking video. Yeah. Aren't you glad, Art? Never mind. We've done four-hour podcasts. Yeah, let's
0: not go there. Anyway, back to the whole shipping situation. That's why, you know, it, it reminded me of the whole Credience and Seti thing. And that was a show that legitimately, like... I think use a lot of material off of those uh ships mm-hmm. um now, here's something that i that I was referring to before when uh some you know ship fandoms can get toxic, especially when their ship doesn't work out, and then they start attacking the people behind the show yeah, um so I have noticed especially in the last few years. Um, for sure that last year, the Felinda fandom, uh, which I believe like we're all Felindas. I mean, we all want to see um, Ming Na Wen's um, Melinda May and Clark Gregg's Phil Coulson be together. Now,
1: who on are the, they? Uh, I'm sorry. Who are they? Oh, I'm just I'm just
0: kidding. Let's not play this. Come on, you know <laughs> who they are. You were you were in the Felinda fandom anyway. Yeah, I yeah. am. Um. So, and you yourself brought forward some issues you had from uh the finale. You haven't seen the last two seasons, but you do know that in the end they're not necessarily together together. Um now out of context, I understand the frustration, that's not something that you would under I mean that you would uh, foresee happening. I mean nobody
1: would want Hold on. Spoilers for Agents of Shield if you care. Um Yeah. <laughs> so this whole time mm-hmm. Phil Coulson from like that arc on is the LMD, correct?
0: Uh which arc?
1: After the after he sold his soul to um to Ghost Rider.
0: No, when he sold his soul to Ghost Rider that was season four. In season mm-hmm. five, that was the last season with him basically alive. All the other versions that come thereafter. Um, in season six, Clark Gregg is there, but he's not playing Coulson. He's playing Coulson in like cameos, but he's playing a different character that season. In season seven, he's playing Coulson, but he's playing an LMD version of Coulson so that's where we are with that um and there is an arc that he has what in the actual
1: Doctor Who is going on?
0: (laughs) I know well I mean watch the show and you'll figure it out for yourself it's on Netflix all seven seasons are right there you could very I mean you've watched WandaVision uh, Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki you could very easily access all those episodes at any point that you wish
1: but those are canon though
0: okay fuck you anyway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um Colson has this whole uh LMD existential arc that season, mm-hmm. and Melinda May has this thing where she isn't feeling any emotions, but there is like a specific thing behind it, more so than the usual. Anyway, they don't necessarily end up together as a couple, however, OG Colson did. Like Felinda happened for them but then he died. So with this other Coulson, they still have the same friendship with each other. But the series ended with them literally not being in the same physical space. The, the the finale made no such um like final like word, oh they're not a couple and they never will be. The finale didn't say anything like that. They just weren't physically in the same room together. Melinda May was off doing her thing. And actually, you know, you just reminded me that um Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> no, no, Ming Na Wen. Ming Na Wen, because she's being interviewed uh because she's on The Bad Bats, right, with uh her character Phoenix Shand. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and she was asked a question about um her end, the end of the character. And she was saying that while her story, this is what she says, while her story when it came to Colson himself wasn't necessarily over, that's what she's saying, Shield gave her a peaceful ending that still allowed her to train the next generation. So it was far more focused with what, you know, made sense for May than to fulfill the fantasies of a couple. That isn't to say that that LMD Coulson, which is the version of Coulson that is existing at this moment, can't hook up with May and they can't be a couple. It's just at that moment they're not at that place yet. You see, but you see how this got all the Felindas so upset. And what I wanted to say is that it's one thing if you feel like really dissatisfied with that ending. Sure, it's another thing to say. The quality of the show deteriorated solely because your ship didn't materialize in the way that you wanted it to. And it's another thing altogether to criticize anybody else that liked the season, much less go after the actual people who worked on the show. That's not okay. That's a different thing altogether.
1: Takes a hit out of... (laughs) (laughs) Literally. CBD. Um, But, okay. So, my point being, look at Once Upon a Time, okay? In the seventh season, it... uh, What's his name? Uh, Colin O'Donoghue was not playing Killian Jones. Right. He was playing... A different version of hook right and he was getting nice and friendly with Regina
0: I never saw season 7 is that true yeah (laughs) oh shit Was 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 it
1: giving you false hope it was giving me so much false hope you have no idea and then it turns out that that one like as soon as like any inkling Any inkling, any semblance of, oh, maybe, that version of the character disappears and now it's back to regular old Hook. (laughs) Completely pissed me off. Oh, and apparently, Hook, that version of Hook, is the father of Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Once upon a time logic, everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alexis is giving me a bewildered look of disbelief, I mean, but belief at the same time.
0: Well, this is what happens when shows get to season seven, right? I mean, look at um the show that just ended. I never saw it, but I always knew of it because of how long it was running. David actually saw all of the show, and he might be the person. He may be the resident expert because he watches the CW shows supernatural right is that the call that that the end of the show 15 seasons it went on for 15 seasons and guess what i think i read the other day that they're actually thinking about doing a prequel prequel series yeah
1: which is basically (laughs) going to be um pretty much how i met your mother but with uh jeffrey dean morgan's character and uh and uh the mom I don't know. I didn't even know Jeffrey Dean Morgan was on that show. Yeah, he played the Winchester's, uh, the Winchester brother's father. Huh. (laughs) That's that's pretty much where he got, like, his pop culture start. Yeah.
0: Yeah. By the way, uh, anyway, that, that, that's all I wanted to say on, on the ships and everything. It's like, Mm -hmm. it, it, it is what it is, but, like, when The Walking Dead, when is that ending?
1: The, do you know? uh, the next season is the last season.
0: Yeah, I know it is, but is it going to come back this year or next it's year? It's coming back in August. Oh, okay. And it's like, was it, do you know how many episodes are coming back for?
1: I think 10.
0: Wow. Do you know, if it's all, are they going to like broadcast it all at like the 10 weeks? Or are they going to like split it off and let's say half air in this fall and then half air in, in the, the winter?
1: spring, you know, oh. I, I hope not. I hope not because that would like I because like I want to eventually catch up with that show, you know, because like there's so many like missing details. Have you not
0: caught up with Walking Dead?
1: Here's I, yes and no. Yes and no. I know what's going on, but I haven't seen it. The only episode I saw was uh, Here's Negan. Mm. You know, but the the one where it gets back to his origin. Yeah. Because I just, I I, I had to see it because Negan's my favorite character on there. Um, Mm -hmm. FBI don't come after me. (laughs) Why would they come after you? Because he's such a freaking sociopath on the show. (laughs) He's, okay, he's a complex sociopath. I should... Okay. I should add that. But, um, but anyway, so he... Uh, so I had to watch that episode, but I I know what's going on. I know what happened with the Whisper War, and I know all that stuff. Um, again, spoilers if you care, because like it used to reach like eight million viewers, nine million viewers, ten million viewers. Now they could barely crunch t- uh two million. <laughs> um, really, I think a lot of people dropped off after that explosive season seven uh uh episode uh episode one when they pretty much where he pretty much slaughtered abraham and um and glenn (laughs) uh (laughs) that did not go well with a lot of people so they were just like nope we're not doing this show anymore (laughs) um good reason i see why a lot of people would be heartbroken and all that shit but I'm not caught up with it, so I would like to eventually catch up with it later this year, maybe. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Are you still there? You look like you look frozen. I'm fine.
0: Oh, I'm fine. Okay. I was I was keeping an eye on the internet connection because it did seem iffy a little bit there. Yeah. Um. But that that's all I was keeping an eye out for. That's interesting. Um. But it's like. That's also a show that's been going on for a really long time now, man. It's crazy to think about all that.
1: Nine seasons um,
0: yeah, about to be 10. ten, yeah, that's crazy um but yeah, uh, so are we doing Black Widow next week?
1: I'll have to see what my
0: schedule is like I have to think most likely, yes, right, like Thursdays are usually good Thursdays nine times out of ten
1: seven times out of ten like.
0: seven times out of ten okay well we'll see um I <laughs> want to do an after dark <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done one in a long time yeah it's been such a long I mean if 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 we are gonna go see it would I love to do an after dark of course
1: um, it just depends. I j- it just depends on that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Evidently, I have your camera.
1: Yeah. Why I have your camera? I don't know. Because I, li- I always leave it in your car. Huh.
0: And it, it, yeah. So, maybe the last time we did After Dark?
1: I think the last we- After Dark we did was Cats. It must have been, right? <laughs> <laughs> what if we just end the series right there, like there's nowhere to go from there, <laughs> just fucking cats that's it <laughs> that'd be funny though it would be honestly,
0: it would be hilarious um but yeah, there's that you know honestly this this just caught my attention now, but I don't know what the fuck Disney's thinking. With a lot of the decisions they're making these days. But when you really kind of look back at movies are, are slowly coming back now. When you look at how great Fast and Furious did this week, um, considering that we're still, you know, lingering in a pandemic, mm-hmm. like, don't you think that Disney is leaving a lot of money on the table by a, you know, not putting Luca in theaters? and B simultaneously making Black Widow available on Disney Plus at the same time as movies like I don't know what they're thinking at this point.
1: To be honest, I don't I don't know either. Um I okay, let's get into corporate conspiracies for a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. Do you think Bob Chapek was put in the place of power? Through the fourth side of the pandemic. And he's an interim CEO. A lot of people are
0: thinking that. And I think a lot of it is due to wishful thinking because a lot of people, and I think it's very well warranted, do not care for that man. Yeah. Especially since a lot of the decisions that have been made have kind of been as nick fury would say stupid ass decisions yeah um and unfortunately we can't elect to ignore them because we have no power and he has all the power i i i tend to think no i mean i the the conspiracy does make sense because bob chapik did take over the year of the pandemic it was done early enough before it like
1: before any anyone really had a thought that it would seriously impact the U.S., yeah, it happened a week before the lockdown. I mean, if that's not coincidence enough, I don't think, I don't think anything else tops it. Really, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay, um, it hap- He was named a CEO a week before the lockdowns. Nationwide. Seriously. If that's not a coincidence, I don't think anything else is. To be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. um, I don't know, man. I... I hope that's true because I want him gone. I just... Yeah. Because oh, I it, want it's him not gone, true. Too. I, I, shit. It's like... But we all knew, like it was it was about a year ago, and we're like, why Bob Chapik, of all the people in the world, you gonna put Mr. Cheapskate as the head of the company? Why? And then what I also don't like, it's like, well maybe maybe they're using him to make all of the unpopular decisions that they couldn't normally get away with. Because of all the things that they've just they've just taken away, you know, under the guise of a pandemic. Oh yeah, well, they just—I don't know if it's been officially announced yet, but it was trending today on Twitter, on this Twitter, and I was like heartbroken to see that I may never experience this restaurant now, because from what I read and the rumor going around is, Steakhouse Fifty Five restaurant at the the famous Steakhouse Fifty Five restaurant at Disneyland Hotel may stay closed permanently. Why? Why? that's a signature restaurant of the resort based on all indications from what i hear of people who have actually eaten there and stayed there for several days it's like why would you do that what the hell's wrong with you like how many times do i have to
1: say what the hell is wrong with you to any decision that bob chapik makes is it Bob Chapek, though? Is it or is it Josh Demaro that's making those? I mean, it of very well
0: could be Josh DeMauro, but it all comes down to a cost issue. And if it's a cost issue, well, I know who was going to mince words more than the other. Let's be real about that. That's what it ultimately all comes down to is the goddamn money of it. And of course, they are a business. I get it. But it's like. There's the, this company especially did not get to fame did not get to notoriety because it knew how to save a buck it rose to fame and to great acclaim because it knew where to spend a pretty penny in the right places Mm -hmm. and we've seen throughout the course of the history of these last couple of decades through 70 almost 70 years now of this particular resort in the parks obviously and then also it can also extend to the studio itself and other fact functions of the company We've seen time and time again, when they go overboard on cheaping things out left and right, people get mad and the quality of all of their products, whether it be in the parks themselves, whether it be the actual films, it suffers. And when it suffers, people get pissed and then they're forced to overspend to correct these things. I just don't understand why they have to make the same mistakes again and again and again. By the way, if you haven't listened to the recent Fantasy Fair podcast where we discussed Avengers Campus, stop this podcast right now and go listen to that because that was a great Illustration, a great example of how frustrated we feel like right now. And we shouldn't feel this way, especially no. since our, our trip that we so look forward to last year was canceled under the worst of circumstances, clearly. And we want to go back and we will go back this year, but we can't, I can't feel. Hey,
1: don't, like don't it, manifest anything.
0: I know. I know. Well, I hope to. Who knows what will actually happen, but I can't help but feel that it's been slightly tainted by how horrid some people some people's experiences have been at the parks lately
1: yeah yeah i mean it's a difficult situation for fucking sure i mean we're we're avid disney fans i mean half of the fucking posters that you have on your things are disney-related you know i mean I have my own Disney shrine up on my uh, above my closet and all that stuff. Fuck, I have You have a portrait of the man. You have a portrait of the man on your wall. You know, typically a Catholic would have, you know, a crucifix <laughs> and rosary and all that stuff in the room, but no, I have a picture of Walt Disney paint, you know, drawing Mickey Mouse. You know, that that's what I have in my room. Cultist, you know, maybe the only scent my room smells like is uh is bromine the famous chemical that they use to clean the waters at disneyland in the disney resorts um but so wait, we, wait what'd you
0: say again you have a candle that sent it to that
1: i have a chemical that smells like bromine the chemical that's used to clean a chemical yeah Let's use the clue. So this is this is not this is not a scent from Magic Candle Company? This is the scent from Magic Candle Company, but it's supposed to smell like that. Oh, okay. It's supposed to smell like bromine, which is the um it, it sounds like a fucking douchebag term. <laughs> what what chemical are you making? Dude, I'm making bromine <laughs> 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 oh, my God. But it's the chemical that they use to clean the waters of, uh, of Splash Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, if you remember that smell of the water, that that's what you're smelling. The bromine chemical. You're not smelling the water itself. Um, so, I think that with all that being said... We love Disney. We all love Disney, you know, and all that stuff. There's a reason why there's a specific Disney. And there's my dog. There's my dog. Barney right on cue. Yeah. Here's Dixie. Um, so, we know a thing or two about Disney. We love a thing or two about Disney. And to see it being treated in such, like, this dispassionate way without any like foresight it kind of reminds me of late tenure of Michael Eisner but it shouldn't be that way because it's the beginning of if 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 everything if all the conspiracies are false it should be the beginning of Chapek's career and what did I Eisner do when uh what, what did Iger do when he first started bought Pixar did an expansion program on uh on disney's California adventure he did so many things in his beginning uh run as ceo of disney that it was utterly impressive what he did you know and he cleaned up a lot of mess that um that eisner was unfortunately uh responsible for in the in the late stages of his tenure so i don't know um I don't know, maybe things might turn up for the best, but i'm not I'm not you know kind of my chickens on that,
0: I'm not optimistic about it, you know, no, no, not
1: at all, you know, so i I would like to think that because, like it's Disney, we invest in Disney all the time, we're talking about going to see Black Widow next week, you know we yeah we're gonna be paying them out some way, you know one way or another, you know, so um. I, it it it's one of those things that I that I hope is not you know that leaves the company in a utter stalemate you know so I don't know
0: especially you know what else is really bothering me hmm. I know it, it kind of mentioned it before with you know how Luca is not getting a theatrical run but I I kind of use it in the context of I don't know what the fuck they're thinking Um I really am kind of disgusted with how. They have no problem with this narrative out there, which kind of almost makes me feel like it's true that they're kind of, um, treating Pixar now like it's like on the lowest of tiers for them. Like it's their lowest priority because there's, there's, there's been no statement, but the only movies really, it, it, the only, the, the two Pixar films that were pushed to disney plus for free yeah and all other films which include cruella and raya and Lon and the upcoming jungle cruise and black widow from very like from the other like um departments of the disney studio they have a premium access charge and that starts to look fishy like what are you saying about pixar yeah yeah and it's just not, it's just not right. And it was understandable with Seoul. Why? Cause there were no vaccines then. And it was still awful. Like there was no way you could go to a theater with Luca. What's the excuse? What is the excuse with Luca? Most people are vaccinated now. Theaters are open.
1: A thought just crossed I, my mind. Yeah, you know, what? What if it's to build up and to focus more on the time and focus on the spotlight on trying to build up Black Widow?
0: Well, that is one thing, but that narrative falls apart. I mean, Cruella is still in theaters. and Then also Jungle Cruise comes out next month. So it's like if they wanted to like dedicate the whole month to Black Widow, why also release Jungle Cruise that same month as well? It's also getting at theatrical. You
1: mean limits. this month, because today is the first.
0: Yes. Excuse me. Oh, that's right. We're recording this the first of July. Sorry, I'm still thinking it's June, but we're in July now. So yeah. This month it's coming out. Um. So that's why I, I don't necessarily would subscribe to that thinking per se. Um It's it's honestly just infuriating. Really, really infuriating. Um and of course that's just where we are. Disney Plus didn't need Luca. Although I will say I am happy that at the very least Luca from what I understand is has done very well on Disney Plus and far exceeds the impact that um, Mulan, mm-hmm. Cruella and Raya did on the service. Why? Because you had to pay for those. And it was hilarious that I think today I shared a headline from Forbes that, that, Raya, people, are,
1: that people are finally watching Raya.
0: <laughs> that poor movie, too. That also just kind of like...
1: Was blunted.
0: It came out and it did nothing. It did nothing. <sighs> yeah, they're, they're just, they're really frustrating overall. Yeah, I didn't mean to get all flustered and shit.
1: No, 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 that's. Again, it's cheaper than therapy. That
0: is true. That certainly is true. Um, That being said, though, I have a. And I think I've said this for a while. We're not really looking at going. We hope to go. Nothing is confirmed. When I say that. We hope. To come back to the parks uh, later in the year. Yeah. Do you think that? I think already masks are like, they're not mandatory. They're optional um, right now. But as far as like, and maybe they're already back to normal now. Are they operating at full capacity and are all the rides back up and running?
1: It's like 75% capacity right now.
0: What about the rides that they didn't open with last month? The Matter still The
1: Matterhorns just opened up like out of the you know out of blue within the last two days. Oh yeah. So like I'm pretty sure that by the time we go there, everything would be open up. Huh. Oh get this. I is guess- get this. Yeah. According to the Washington Post, when Virginia legalizes marijuana Thursday, people 21 and older can finally roll up across the state in small amounts and even cultivate up to four plants, just not on college campuses. Things are on the up and up. They should be. Um, Do
0: you expect we'll see fireworks coming back anytime soon? At the parks as a nightly thing?
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about 4th of July. I'm like, bruh, there's gonna be fireworks no matter freaking what. Which is why I'm fleeing the area. Um. Well, they're already doing it in Florida. I think that... I th- they're starting to in Florida, I think. Let me see, let me see. Because I, I remember seeing something Fresh Baked did fireworks disneyland hold on yeah
0: it may be coming back soonish. i just want to know because like i also have been saying for the longest time about like why would you want to go to the park
1: okay um this was 22 hours ago uh, aka last night mickey's uh, <laughs> mickey's mix magic fireworks uh um show makes early appearance at disneyland huh so it's coming back. So it's like it's here. It's here now. Okay, that's good.
0: Huh. Hopefully that won't get derailed.
1: So that means like, you know, the parks would um would stay, you know, open later and we're going to get back to normal time. I just I just fucking pray it's not going to be overcrowded if we ever go.
0: Yeah yeah if we ever go that's a good thing to mention that um
1: I cannot believe it's fucking July you just blew my mind (laughs) this year is more than halfway over yeah what what's happening which is good because the further away we are from 2020 the better
0: yeah that is true that is also very much true we're getting closer to some pretty exciting films,
1: in particular The Suicide Squad.
0: Now, Ooh, that's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm.
1: Theater. Good time, no alcohol required. Alcohol. Uh, well, not required, because, like, it's a James I said no alcohol required. Oh. Although you can't bring alcohol. I mean. Uh, well, yeah, I mean sneak it in. Some places do serve them.
0: Some theaters are cool enough to serve
1: up. Ooh, I would love to go to a theater like that. The Regal that I frequented, which is still f- open
0: thankfully in DC, um did that They had this mi- Well, they had a machine where you can get frozen uh Jack and Coke. Oh shit.
1: Yep. Fucking fancy as shit. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um Yeah. For sure we're going to see that in theaters, right? No duh, right? Okay. Uh,
0: that's not even a question.
1: It's not even a question.
0: We're gonna do it. No debate. We're We're gonna do it. it. Even though like it will be on HBO Max.
1: We're still gonna do it. Yeah. 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 Because we're gonna support our homeboy James Gunn.
0: Absolutely. And Peter Capaldi's
1: in it, so. Oh, that's right. He is also in it. As well as a bunch of other people. I was really... Okay, the one thing I'm disappointed about that movie is I I was hoping that um, Peter Capaldi would play Victor Freeze. He's not. No. He's playing the thinker, I think. Yeah.
0: Huh, the thinker, I think. think. Yeah.
1: (laughs) What are you, A.A. Milne? (laughs) Maybe. Um, Maybe not it is the thinker i think
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you said uh by the way this weekend so as we mentioned this weekend and this will this episode drops fourth of july weekend so happy fourth to all of you but uh, as i mentioned i will be leaving the area and it just so happens as one alexis leaves the valley another alexis arrives (laughs) to take its (laughs) place and it turns out that Miss Moreno, your co host on the Fantasy Fair podcast, is um, making the trip down to the Devil's Anus, which is uh, the Imperial Valley that we call it here. Um, and it looks like you, you two may, uh, may spend some time together for the yeah, first time in forever. Uh, months. Yeah. <laughs> must be nice.
1: Must be nice. It must be Must nice. be nice. um to have moreno on your side it's perfectly balanced as all things should be (laughs) (laughs) as one alexis leaves and another one arrives
0: i know right
1: uh funny you Uh, can't make this shit up no it's good i like it um oh uh before i forget Loki, I have a question for you. Okay, Mm -hmm. I asked already asked, threw it out in the ether, but nobody seemed to answer me. So I'm gonna ask you. Peter answered you. All he He said was, "It seems like it, but it could be an answer. It could be either one of those questions that I asked. So really, he didn't answer anything. Um, So question is, um, spoilers for Loki. Spoilers for Loki. Is the thing that Loki feels for Sylvie, is it a romantic love? Or is this just a metaphor for self-love that he's never felt before?
0: I think the answer is both. I'm not 100% sure. But I think the show is going for both of those things in one. Because as, you know, uh, as Mobius said, what an insane uh narcissist you fell for yourself that is hilarious mm-hmm. but that is the truth um but clearly in the last weeks especially there is this uh you know reoccurring theme that Loki's have never been loved and they've never felt love themselves and it seems like that's changing and wouldn't you know it it's with each other. Yeah. Now like they're not the same person though. Like they're 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 a variation Of an entity, but they're very much from different, um, multiverses. Yeah. I don't want to use that word because I guess that's not the TVA's lingo here, but they're, they're very, they're very much like different people. And as we saw on the show, they're not at all the same. There are some similarities. Yeah. But like to me, I would consider it to be like, I mean, it is at first kind of like, huh, that's interesting committing some
1: self-cest here.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. I was worried and I haven't seen too much of this. I don't know maybe if you have. But I was worried there was going to be like some controversy that exploded with this decision of like some people, you know how film Twitter's a gutter. It doesn't take long for somebody to like think up some annoying think piece. Uh is Loki and Sylvie incest? Like, no. I but like you understand my reasons for thinking like yeah. people would like
1: get on that train. But it's not because it's themselves. If anything, it's just glorified, amplified, dramatized masturbation yeah. if anything.
0: Well, it it kind of reminds me and it's interesting because apparently it's the 4th anniversary of the Doctor Falls, which was the series 10 finale mm-hmm. of Doctor
1: Who. God, I cannot believe it's been 4 years since series 10 ended. That is wow. Is it just me? Or did the ending of last of this month, this Wednesday's episode, or last Wednesday's episode, feel like the throne room battle in the Last Jedi?
0: Well, I mean, I think it was part of. I mean, they're similar. That's sure, especially with how certain shots are like. Um, was I as excited? I don't think I was as excited, but I think it goes for a similar thing. Mm-hmm. But I think in and of itself in a vacuum, it was and the most exciting part of the episode where it all came together. So I understand what you mean by that. Um, no, I mean, it's a very interesting question you pose. Ultimately though, I, I feel it's all very great for uh, fleshing out Loki And giving him something new to work with here, which is ultimately what the hope was for these shows. They're just doing such great work, Mm -hmm. such great character work, you know? It's like, thank you. Thank you for giving us something actually great. Like, who would have thought? Who would have thought, like, the greatness coming out of the Disney Plus output would be in the Marvel shows? Which, honestly, years ago, we all kind of rolled our eyes at. Like, Yeah, really,
1: Loki show, WandaVision show... Fucking Witcher Soldier. It just seems like bottom of the barrel kind of thing. But now it's just like some of the best content, like I've seen in ages in terms of like. like- honestly,
0: like on paper, as you said, these shows sound like typical Disney corporate mandated creations. Mm-hmm. You have to make these shows because you have to. But in the best, in the best case scenario, they take a corporate mandated, um, A corporate mandate and they turn it into something truly beautiful
1: yeah um like uh like ultron once said um okay there's a bit of a controversy going on like i completely disagree you You don't don't say yeah right 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 okay do you think episode three was filler no Okay. Cause a lot of people view it that way.
0: I know. Like, we discussed it on the Loki, uh, on the Loki recap, um, with that episode when they were on Lamentous One. No. And I was ranting as hell. I was really pissed off. Cause like, people were saying, Oh, it was a waste of time when nothing happened. And I'm like, idiots. Okay. Did it progress the plot? F- okay. That's a thing. That's another, that's another issue. It's like people's obsession with plot being the priority being the most important thing i'm sorry sometimes it isn't and sometimes it's healthy for that thick back seat for healthy character development Mm -hmm. we got to see these great actors and Sophia DiMartino and tom hiddleston as their characters interact with each other live in this space and it was powered by some great dialogue on the on the part of michael waldron who is the head writer of the show it all it was so enjoyable and entertaining it wasn't the best episode in the world it wasn't the best episode of the series but it was of the caliber uh, I, the, the, the idea that it was such a decline in quality and and to dismiss it as filler or nothing important happened is part of why i am so often annoyed with audiences um it's part of what happens when you take a show that maybe was intended to be binge and you air it week to week. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing. But this is kind of what happens when you do that, and you get idiotic takes like this. I'm sorry if, if if anyone out there listens and they felt like that that episode was a waste of time. But I have no patience for that because clearly what happened in that episode served what happens in episode four, which everyone loved, by the way, which was phenomenal. One of the best episodes because that
1: Marvel has made. The main point of this is the whole Loki Sylvie dynamic. Yes. And we would have never gotten that had not been for that. You know, you needed a time with them together alone. How else would you get at them alone if not for this scenario? We you know? Yeah. You put them both in a you know, in a very pressing situation. They're gonna have pressing emotions, you know, you know, cross firing amongst each other, and here you have this whole entire uh dynamic going on with each other um a lot of people people compared it to the doctor who episode which is a of, oh i i find very funny which one uh the third episode of doctor who of uh of uh loki they find the third episode very uh Hoovian. um yeah uh- yeah
0: we, we we yeah david and i did mention that as fellow Hoovians ourselves like it, it did have a a feel like that of sorts um of course the difference here being is that they have the actual budget to spend most of the episode outside rather than inside yeah um so they had that going for it um yeah that's a thing like people just in general um they 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 place too much value on plot you know it's not just about that it's the same situation with luca luca's getting a lot of I'm not even going to say hate, just a lot of like whatever's from people because like, well, the story really wasn't all that, you know, it was really one dimensional.
1: It didn't make me cry, therefore bad.
0: Well, that's
1: one thing, right? But there are people that were like, did you
0: see Chris Duckman's review on Luca? That had to have been one of the most enraging things I've seen because his main issues with the movie were... That they didn't explain enough what this world was.
1: That's the thing, though. A lot of people need a lot of... Audiences require a lot of hand-holding, I must say, when watching movies. And I'm like, whatever happened to Nuance, you know? But also, whatever happened to simplicity? Not
0: everything has to go for the same things. Not everything has to be intercom, you know, has to be complex. It doesn't have to be like metaphysical. It doesn't have to be a subversion of a genre
1: to be great. There are different ways to be great. It's like, okay, it's like, okay, imagine this. Modern day audiences are watching the first Toy Story for the very first time.
0: Oh, God, here we go.
1: Wait. The toys are alive. How are they alive? Why are they alive? Who made them alive? You know is this toy related to um palpatine? <laughs> oh my God <laughs> maybe
0: stands to reason that's a good chance
1: what it What is this world? you know how can you know what is explain the dynamic between a toy and um and a human? How come humans don't know? Well, like, do they breathe? What is the, uh, you know, what is the anatomy of a toy? You know, and you go into all these logistics. I'm like, I don't know. But it's just the premise of a, you know, the first toy story was based on the premise of what if a toy was trying to look for you as much as you were trying to look for it? Mm -hmm. You know, because everybody's lost that favorite toy at one point. And they spent like a long time trying to look for it. And so that's what the basis of that one is, and that's such a simple plot, but yet they ran with it and made it, you know, its completely own thing. And it, to for these for modern day audiences to completely wrap around simplicity like that, just that sheer concept, I don't know what it is. Is it cinema sin um, brainwash that's happened with a lot of people? Is it? Something else is it that this pandemic that's completely wiped away a lot of i q points off a lot of people? i don't know what it is, but it's Me neither man. but modern day film audiences are uh, I'm trying to think of a harsher word than annoying i, I feel like they they um they prioritize
0: the wrong th- uh qualities in terms of how they choose to value films. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, like what, Gar- what Guillermo del Toro says, you know, to me, the least interesting thing is plot. What's more interesting are the themes and the characters and, and, and the space that it's living in. Ultimately, that's what the movie leaves us feeling. But for like a lot of, I think, uh, the general audience people, like, because like, he even said himself when del Toro was talking about this, people ask uh, if they want to see a movie, what's it about? That's always the first question they ask. And he's like, but Why? like why should we uh decide what value we designate a movie just based entirely on what's it about <coughs> excuse me what's it about because
1: um <laughs> right we don't <coughs> right when you right when you coughed i got an alert on my computer that said antivirus scan <laughs> So, just to let you know, according to my computer, you are clear of viruses.
0: Could that? Okay. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. um, Like what Del Toro would say, like, you don't ask, you don't judge, like, a Van Gogh or a Van Gogh painting on, like, what's it about? You know, that's, yeah, it's, you know, general audience members are perplexing because you know in the heights just came out if it wasn't uh apparent before in the heights was just about a failure on every platform um, imaginable and that's really mm-hmm. a shame but even more so uh because i was watching um you know uh grace randolph does this series movie math and she broke down the success of uh, furious nine or f9 and the majority of the audience that turned out for that movie were hispanics Latinos. They were driven to go watch that. Nah. But they couldn't <sighs> fuck me. I had to do that. <laughs> fine, fine. They were driven, pun intended now, to go watch that, but they could not be bothered to um to go see in the heights.
1: Because you know what? Because which... it's about why? family.
0: <laughs> Both movies are about family. In the Heights, it was about family, too.
1: But one had racing cars. And I like racing cars. <laughs>
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, again, that's not, that's, that, that's not to say that they're wrong for choosing this to go there. I'm just saying it's like, wow, it's amazing that one film tried so hard to be this pinnacle event for a particular, like, group of people, and they didn't care and the very next week they choose to go watch a franchise film which of course is exactly what rules the town. So, there we are. That's nothing new of course. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that it, it that it in, in the Heights in particular, it was such a good film and it is a miserable failure. Any way you slice it, a miserable failure. It is out of the top 5 at the box office. It's being dumped across the country from screens. It's over. Stick a fork in it. Yep. All right. Well, you know, I think we're going to go. Kyle has to go and we're going to wrap it up now um, for this. Thank you for listening to our tangents. Uh, for those that actually bothered. Thank you all. Well, we'll hope you're having a holiday weekend. Uh, we will catch you next time on Red Spotlight and also on Fantasy Fair Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Castbox, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, TuneIn, Stitcher, all of them. Mondays, Fridays for Fantasy Fair, and Sundays and Thursdays for Red Spotlight. Uh, until next time, stand of the spotlight. Bye bye.